We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Guys, it's Kirk Henderson back with episode 11 of Kirk Your Enthusiasm. Today, I have on a very special guest, somebody I've been chasing down for two or three weeks now. He is somebody I've followed online for close to a decade, if not more. It is James, aka Snotty Drippin, one of the best Twitter follows and easily one of the best handles online. How you doing today, man? I'm good, man. And let's be honest with the people. Because we had a break in uh, our followership, I think we fell out about something. I I want to blame you, so I'm no, it's you, it's oh yeah, yeah, it's usually me. I I think yeah, that's, yeah, fair. So, that's fair. That's fair. Well, you you actually time. you guided me through the hardest point of my Mavs fandom, which was the night that, or really the day and a half that DeAndre Jordan led the Mavericks on, and I sat in front of a computer for eleven hours, and you reached out to me after about ten and said, "Hey, do you want to come on a podcast?" And and we got together and talked for about two hours, and that really helped uh, uh, get through that part of of Maz fandom. But now I'm I'm in a much better place, and I wanted to get your take on some of the things with the Mavericks offseason because, uh, you know, some fandoms you know don't have a lot of access to to outside thoughts, and you know you watch a lot of NBA, particularly from the West Coast, and uh, I just uh, so so why don't we start with um. You know, what, what's your take on how the Mavericks did this offseason? Um, so, I think a lot of people forgot how amazing Chris Porzingis is. Yes. Right? 
Easily. I think a lot of people, yeah, I think a lot of people forgot how – sorry, I had a phone call come in. I had to split up. So I think a lot of people forgot how great Chris F. Porzingis is. And when they made – so the offseason for them really started back in, I don't know, when was that, January? Yeah, yeah, first uh, first day of February was when the trade was official. Right, so that's, so that's when their offseason really started. Um, they brought in your boy um, – hold on. Finney Smith was already there, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So they, and they did they re-sign him? Am I correct? They re-signed him to a really cheap three-year deal. I'll go through awesome. the list real quick. I got it in front of me. So they got yeah, they're, they're, so Seth Curry, Maxi Kleba. Uh-huh. Uh They re-signed Dwight Powell. Then they got uh oh shoot, what is his name? Uh, uh from uh, Memphis. They trade. They uh, they Delon got. Wright. DeLon Wright, and he was probably the closest thing to a marquee signing after after Seth Curry. And that was really kind of the highlights. They also signed Boban, which I've had fun with, but I'm not sure how much it's going to matter. That was kind of the, the gist of their offseason. Okay, so, I mean, we know that, and tell me if I'm wrong, right? You can tell me, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Mark Cuban always kind of, like, has a pie-in-the-sky aspirations for free agents, and, like, you know, they seem to strike out a lot. So, mm-hmm. it seems like this year – the Mavs were – I'm right, right? So I think this year the Mavs were a little more, a lot more realistic and a lot more prudent. And I think Seth Curry is a great signing, right? He's, he's a quality role player. What you want out of a wing, he can shoot. He can handle the ball and create a little bit. Not a strong defender, but, I mean, that's – what was the deal they got him on? Uh, four for four years, $32 million, So, about $8 million yeah, per great. for a – Yeah. That's an outstanding deal. I'm pretty – I'm, I'm surprised he didn't get any more offers. Or maybe he just wanted to be in Dallas. That's a good deal. Going right, nice utility uh, wing slash guard. Um, you know, ag- uh, athletic, long. Um, he can't really shoot, if I remember correctly. But yeah. I mean, he's active, strong, and pretty decent defender. That's a good pickup, man. Like that's what you need. And really, the the it's all about the core of Luka Doncic and and your boy Chris Porzingis. And I I will on the show. I don't know if you listen. They probably don't follow me because I'm not really anybody. But I was a Luka skeptic before the draft. He made uh, a believer after me after, like, making his first, you know, three or four games. I thought that the, that the athleticism wasn't an issue. He wasn't too slow-footed. His size was a great benefit when he's running, you know, he's running the offense. So, you add him and Chris F. Porzingis, and right now there's not many duos, you know, young duos that are taking the league over uh, Doncic and Chris F. Porzingis. Both of those guys are dynamic. They, they both have, like, some kind of uh, – uh, positional flexibility, like it's it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I've I I never watched preseason basketball because it's it's you know kind of odd. You get all these odd lineups, and yet somehow I've made time to watch all four of their games. And I'm going to stay up late and watch this game that they play against the Clippers in Vancouver tonight. Have Have you gotten a chance to see any of their of the preseason highlights? I absolutely have. And that's why it's going to be scary. Porzingis looks like a video game player. He like, really. Uh, when you take the video game player and you make them as tall as you can in the game, and then you also like put their shooting sliders all the way up, like he's he's doing things that wings can't do. You know the jab steps, uh, the you know two dribble pull ups over guys from seventeen, and he's going to be one of those guys you can tell where you know Kevin Durant just had that big thing on Twitter talking about the mid range game. That's been like the hot topic. He comes up every few months. <laughs> Chris Epperzingis will be one of those guys who has the green light from anywhere because the mm-hmm. shot is so pure. It's like a layup from anywhere he shoots. And, you know, your contest can be whatever. It doesn't matter. Like Kevin Durant, again, the contest, I don't care how tall you are, you're, you're, you're swinging at the shot. He's shooting it, like, down into the rim. It's, it's pretty impressive to watch. 
I I had kind of avoided just about all KP video because I really wanted to come into this with a fresh approach. I watched him at Summer League before his rookie year, and I watched him a lot his rookie season. I did not watch him very much uh, in year two and certainly not in year three after. And then, of course, he got hurt. And it was the first time he had played. It was the start of the second half. He got a pick and pop with uh, Luca along kind of like the right the right side and he did one of those ridiculous like pump fakes and then the crossover that looked like Kevin Durant where it's like a crossover that's like nine and a half feet where the ball just like travels from one side to the and then just rose up and shoot a jumper and I'm sitting there watching this with my wife and I just kind of started laughing because it's as much as I love my guy Dirk Nowitzki he just didn't play like that he was not like the the game wasn't like this for him no matter how athletic he was I kind of wish I could have seen him play in an era like this but he just rarely particularly in the later stages of his career did anything that involved like putting the ball on the floor so like watching a guy that's that like you said is just built out of uh, you know it's, it kind of looks like a little bit of a cheat code has been really entertaining um with all that said though because I I think I think they're going to be fun to watch. I'm really excited about watching them. But I, I, I'm i a little out, and I take a lot of heat from this from the Mavs fans. I'm a little out on where they stand in the West, but I don't necessarily think that has anything to do with them. Like, they didn't improve as much as they would I would have liked. But I, I think the West is just too brutal. Do you... Do you have any, like, predictions? Like, where do you kind of see them falling in this in this Western Conference? So let me ask you this first, because I saw, you know, there were some rumors that before, you know, really before the offseason kicked off, there were rumors that Dallas was interested in Kemba Walker. And I saw a lot of Dallas fans pushing back against that. How did you feel about that? Because to me, sure, Lucas Young, Chris Apps is still, you know, young. But you add a guy, Kemba Walker, and now you have you have a three-headed, uh, you know, you have three high-quality high, high quality players that you can build around. And Kemba's not old. I think his, gauge, his, his, his game is going to age pretty well. But even if you get him for three, four years, that's a good way to start off. And then by the time he's ready to move on, you're ready to move on from him, your guys are entering their prime, especially, mm-hmm. you know, Luca. So, like, that, that seems like it would have been a good move. I saw a lot of Dallas fans pushing back against that. What was, what was your stance on it? Well, so first, that was, as far as I've been told, doing some digging around, I'm not a reporter, but I kind of ask everybody everything. And so from what I've been able to gather, the Mavericks were at about 75 80% confidence up until – it became clear Al Horford was moving somewhere else for real. And then the Celtics had that space. So the Mavericks were the front runners until they weren't. And they didn't have much of a side plan, which is partially why this off season was a little bit boring. Uh, You know, they, they half-heartedly pursued Danny green, but they were kind of caught with their pants down. But in terms of how that would have fit, I really wish I could have seen it. I was a little skeptical just because I think I've never seen Kimba work off ball. He's never he's never really been given the opportunity. He's obviously a brilliant basketball player. I, I happened to be at one of the NCAA tournament games that that UConn uh, won on their on their way to the title that year, where he was leading them. I, and it was just he's 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 a really incredible player. I'd be curious to see how it would have worked because that would have been three guys who aren't really great man defenders on a team of course they would have scored a ton of points which that would have been something and I think there's a lot to what you said about having a honest to god veteran leader in the locker room because right now I don't really think the Mavericks have one they have a guy who's 20 and a guy who's 23 coming up on 24 and Porzingis and that's kind of the extent of their their veteran leadership unless you want to count J.J. Barea at 35 and I'm not sure how much 
sway he really holds. So it would have been something. I, I, but at the same time, I'm still saying that out loud, and I don't know how much that really would have moved the needle. I'm just looking around the Mavericks' uh, own division, and the Pelicans are, are just terrifying to me. And even the Grizzlies are going to be worth the fight. Of course, San Antonio and the Rockets. So I just, that's where it's like my skepticism is coming from because I'm not sure who they're shaving wins from. I would say they would be head and shoulders better than the Pelicans if you added Kemba Walker. If they added Kemba. Okay, sure. So um, speaking of of everything is right now, um, you asked me about, uh, you know, how, how do I think they stand in the West? You're right. The West up top is really... The West is, is top-heavy, but it's also deep. That's what The West is still stronger than the East. Uh, obviously, you got uh, the Lakers and Clippers at the top, right? Then you got the Rockets. You got the Jazz. We're at four right now. Um, who am I missing? Who am I, who am I missing here? The Utah uh, Jazz, who are solid. You got it. It's just kind of the yeah. whole conference, with the exception of probably the uh, the Suns. That's that's the kind Suns of the one. And even the Kings should be pretty decent this year. So you're right. Uh, but and, and tell me if I'm wrong here again. Like you just said, Lucas so young, Chris Stapps is so young. It's not even about right now. They're gonna look better. First of all, they're gonna look mm-hmm. better than they have in the last couple of years, right? That's a big, oh, that's yeah. a big talent. There's a big talent upgrade. Luca year two is gonna be even more dangerous. I saw he, said, he hit that shot in the logo the other day, like with a layup. It's crazy. Chris Stapps mm-hmm. just looks like he's healthy, he's stronger. So that's a huge talent upgrade, no matter what. There, the Mavs always. One thing you always say, like normally they're prepared to, they're prepared to play. They rarely, mm-hmm. and you can tell me if I'm wrong again, I, they rarely got blown out. They would get beat, and sometimes, you know, the, it wouldn't be, like, that close. But they wouldn't just get drubbed. They, they would always just kind of fight towards the end. That's yes. one of the things you said about your coach. The coach keeps, coach keeps them – yeah, Carlisle keeps everybody, you know, engaged and ready to play. So, you you upgrade that talent like that, and it's it, – I could see them challenging for that eighth, seventh seed, right? I can see them doing that because – uh, I, I, I mean, the Kings have a little more continuity, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the Kings obviously are, are deep and they have a decent squad. But I'm saying, you're saying top-end talent. Fox isn't better than Luka. And Bagley's not better than, than Chris Tapps. And Fox might be better than Chris Tapps. So, like, it, having the best two players on the floor at times is going to matter. Zion's going to be great. And Drew is great. So, Drew, I think, would be the best player on the floor if, it's, if he's playing a, a, maybe the Mavs. Because Drew is a really, really underrated kind of player. Luka's yes, really he good is. too. But and, I think and, Drew might be – yeah, so, again, I think just having those two guys that teams have to always reckon with and have to always know where they are, the gravity of those two guys, it's going to – Seth Curry's an underrated, underrated signing because, again, he's going to – he's not the shooter his brother is, but he's a great shooter. He's a great mm-hmm. shooter. He's going to get a, a lot of open looks. He's going to make things hard for, for other teams. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm – I'm, Dallas, I think, has turned the corner. This, is, this will be a good year for the Mavericks. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I I it's it's very interesting. I railed on their off season because I I for some reason they offered Danny Green a three year deal with the last year partially guaranteed and and topped it off at about twelve million per. So it was something like three for thirty six versus what the Lakers got him at three for forty five. And I just raged into the in, in, into the void about that. But then now that that they that that in the past where I'm looking ahead to kind of where I feel like they might be able to improve other than their two best players improving. I'm seeing a, it's, it's really hard to predict because with the, you know, I, I think buddy healed who has been making a lot of noise up in Sacramento the last couple of days, 
I think that when the Kings lock him up and now that Bradley Beal has signed, you know, that extension with Washington, which effectively no, it takes him off the market this year. I don't think he can be traded until next year. Um, there's not a lot of like players that I see freeing up that would really be able to add to their, to, to the Mavericks roster until 2021 when like, I don't know, a quarter of the league is up for free agency. So I'm going to be really interested to see where they develop because I'm, I'm, I'm very excited, but I'm also very concerned. And part of why I'm very concerned has to do with, you know, what just happened with New Orleans and then the Lakers, where Anthony Davis kind of toiled in obscurity for the better part of six years. And that timetable with these very good players seemed to move for, you know, up and up and up. And, you know, obviously Luca hasn't even, you know, been offered his rookie extension. I'm probably putting the cart before the horse, but I'm I'm thinking about, you know, how many years are are these two guys willing to you know play and not be in the playoffs that's that's what i i really hope there is in the, in the short terms i hope they make the playoffs this year just to give those guys a taste so that they can see what they need to do to improve does that make sense it does make sense i have, I have a question for you now i have a, I'm a, I have a uh a, i have a proposal for you so my first question are they out of the loop all morning did buddy heels sign that extension because they said no. So last night after the game, he gave a pretty testy series of answers about how the Kings and he are far apart. He was offered oh. uh, four for 90 and he wants the full four for 110. And that, that 20 million is a pretty sizable gap, obviously. Um, you know what? Oh, it's like what, five million a year? So I mean, I bet they meet it. It's just that that's quite the bargaining gap, at least. Right, right. So, and he, you know what the problem is? And somebody tweeted it today. He just saw the Kings give Trevor Ariza $25 million, mm-hmm. and he knows that they're paying your boy um, Harrison <laughs> Barnes $25 million a year. So I don't want to hear crap. He, I, I don't. I applaud him for going for his money. I do, too. Um, he's outstanding. He is. He's, I, I, I don't think a lot of people understand how elite of a shooter he is. Yeah, he's like, already he's projecting all-time all yeah, numbers. shooting numbers last year, if it wasn't for Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, his shooting numbers last year would have been all the talk. Right, because he was mm-hmm. outstanding from, from all levels. He catch and shoot, off the dribble, all the so he's great. Um, here's here's my proposal. Can I interest you in a Jalen Brown? Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. So I was I have this on the rundown, which I wasn't able to send you before we started. Jalen Brown is one of those guys that, at least within the Mavs community, people are have been interested in going back before Luka Doncic was drafted. I remember having a very distinct discussion within the Mavs Moneyball kind of email chain about if the Mavericks stayed at five, if they stayed at five for the draft and didn't do any draft day shenanigans, would you trade the number five pick for Jalen Brown? And that was uh, 2018. Yeah. And the answer to that question was almost a resounding yes. I'm just fascinated by him as a player because I, I don't know what his ceiling is. But I think his floor is is really strong. I mean, he's a long, tall guy. He's an he. I, I don't know what his kind of scoring upside is, but he's like that multi tiered like utility player that would be a phenomenal third guy on most teams. Like think about all the the great duos that we have right now in the league. Add Jalen Brown to any of them, and is that team better? And I think the answer to almost for almost every single one is significantly better. So he's a guy I'd be really into, and and he's kind of at a contract impasse with the Celtics at the moment, right? Yeah, because uh, they Boston doesn't normally do the rookie extension anyway, so they offered yeah. him four years. They offered him four years eighty. 
he's going to bet on himself this year and restricted free agency next year. So that's my thing, right? I, I love Jalen Brown. I'm a Celtics fan. I love mm-hmm. Jalen Brown. I I don't want to see him leave. Um, like you said, even if he didn't really improve and say like kind of like he was and maybe just made gradual improvement, last year he averaged almost 14, 15 a game. He's a strong rebounder. They played a power forward during the, uh, you know, this summer during the FIBA game. He can he can play, you know, up to guard, down to power forward. He can guard. He, he, my I, my memory of him most in the playoffs last couple of years was uh, guarding Kevin Love in the post, stuffing a mm-hmm. Kevin, Love, uh, Kevin Love jump hook. Um, he's not, you know, he wasn't scared of LeBron. He's going at him. He's fearless. He's smart. He's showing this summer. You know, I know you, I don't know if you watched some of these Celtics pre, preseason games. He's showing um, an improved handle. He's showing better playmaking and decision making. Like in open court, he's not just looking to dunk. He's actually driving and dishing, which he never did. You know, the first couple of years. He looks no. physically stronger. So, like, he's a. I think he's going to be a really high-quality young player. And like you said, we're not sure what his ceiling's going to be. I think at absolute, everything breaks right, he could be Kawhi Light. Or Paul I mean, that, and that's Light. a phenomenal player. That's like a that's borderline that. all-star. Absolutely, right? And that's going to be that. Maybe on, on a down year, he, he, he averages 22 and makes an all-star game. But for the most part, maybe 18 a game, 19 a game, uh, six rebounds three or four assists and, and strong defense, that's a good player. That's a really good mm-hmm. player. So um, I was, I've been thinking – I have a sinking feeling in my chest he's not going to be a Celtic next year. And really? the teams like Atlanta, um, Orlando maybe, might do something and, and get him in. And then a team like, obviously, Dallas would have space and space and opportunity to sign him. And he'd be a great third banana behind Luka and Chris Dallas, you know, and at Man, times, he would be. He, right. He's going nuts. They just kind of sit back and let him work. And then – He's you know, rebounding. He's guarding the other big wings. That'd be a great matchup. So, um, like you said, you're, you're looking for ways to improve internally. Obviously, you want you know, Lucas to get stronger, bigger, and better. Uh, but for the most part, a guy like yeah, a- adding a mid-level, adding a guy. So think about the Oladipo thing, right? Oladipo, mm-hmm. he was he was he was good, and then, you know, and he had to take a flyer, and he became great. So that's where that's where I think the Dallas Mavericks gonna have to improve. They gotta try to find. Find that uh, find that player who's on the cusp, and you're gonna have to roll the dice and and see if he can break out. Brown's one of them. Um, who else can we think of like that? I don't know, but a, a guy like that, you know, somebody coming sure. in the last couple of years of that rookie contract that you can actually try, give room to grow and has room to grow. I like to bet on on restricted free agents more than I do the fact that I've I've been I've heard that the Mavericks are actually serious about saving up cap space for 2021 to make a run at Giannis and it just makes me want to throw things in my television not because I I I think that that's a bad idea in theory it's just how many times do I have to you know hear the same song and it's not going to work so I really damn I'm going to be thinking about this Jalen Brown thing that's I hadn't considered that, and that's that's just going to live in my head for the next few few months because I really like him. Okay, well, you know that's enough Mavericks chicanery because I, I I brought you on, and you know you are really fun to follow on social media for a variety of reasons, not only to do with your candy takes, but you you, you really like talking about NBA at large more, you know, not just Celtic stuff. And I, I want to know like what NBA angles and stories are you looking forward to, to, you know, talking about and, and reading about and listening to this year? I mean, other than the standard, right. We all want to see what the Clippers look like. We all want to see, we all want to see how Anthony Davis, LeBron James hold up. Um, I'm looking forward to like, honestly, some of these young teams, like the Atlanta Hawks are, not, I don't think they're going to be good this year, but they're going to be Ooh, they're fun though. 
they're gonna be a lot of fun. Exactly. Um, honestly, how Chris Apps and and Luca develop a, a, a chemistry and how they look this year—that's something that I've been—it's been on my radar. A big thing for me, and in that same vein, the Suns. The Suns have been horrible now for years. Yep. They've just been—it's been sad, and it's sad to watch like. This year, uh, Marquise Chris is actually looking like a basketball player. We're going to yes. get him out of there. Um, our guy Dragon Bender is looking like a basketball player for the even the preseason. It's 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 really depressing that you know. And Devin Booker, I think, is a great young player who's been he's being he's being wasted. Like you were just saying earlier about how some teams have these stars, how long they waste away. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker's on the clock, even though he just signed that extension. You know, he's on the clock. There's no way he's gonna stay there if they keep this nonsense up. So yeah. that's that's kind of thing. Um, Bradley Beal resigning that big deal. Uh, that's wild that, to me. That, that what? That was just wild to me. That was that's one of the more shocking pieces in news. If if he can't be traded this year, that he's just going to stick there in basketball purgatory for a year because they're terrible. I'll, I'll say this. You know what? It's a couple things. I think it's a good move for all sides. One, he's getting a a nice bump in salary, right? Mm-hmm. For a couple, for at least a year, a nice bump in salary. I'm sorry, no, for because he's already it's adding it adds a two years, four years. But the last yeah. year the opt-in. So so for at least the next couple of years, at least you know, and we already seen this with Paul George. It doesn't matter how long the contract is, when he's ready to go, he's gonna go. So mm-hmm. he got himself a nice little raise, um, and a little more security. He's giving them more time to show, hey, you know, I read the articles about how he signed it. He's been in, in contact with the front office and he's he's like, All right, I'm giving you a chance. You can show me. I'll I'll show some faith in you. Let you I'll stay a couple more years. You have a chance now to show me that we're gonna move forward with this. Um, and so, you know, the Wizards have also been a long-running joke, kind of like the Kings have been for years until recently. So maybe this is their turning point where they, they actually have some kind of um, uh, accountability and respectability, you know. So maybe this is their turning point. He, he chose to do that. That's a big, that makes, that's a big deal. So mm-hmm. uh, I like it. And then for them, it gives them – and guess what? When, if after this year, he wants to be traded. Bradley Beal for two years and like – $60 million is a fantastic deal. So mm-hmm. he's very tradable. And it's going to be able to bring net you something back because that's not a, a terrible salary. You know, that's, he's going to, he can bring a, he can bring a King's ransom next summer if they want to trade him, if he decides to be traded. So yeah. like it, it works for all sides. I think it's a good move. The fans love him. I think he's a great player. He averaged like 25, five and five this year. So um, my biggest thing for this season is that after being in the, in the shadow of the Warriors for five years, especially the last three where it's been like, you know, it's been almost inevitable. It's a breath of fresh air that now there's, it's a new start for the league. I feel, you yeah. know, LeBron has his running mate, Russell Westbrook in a new place. So this uh, Kawhi and Paul George, it's a season of starting over. It's almost like a, a season of rebirth for the NBA. I feel like the Golden State chapter has been like an era. It's a short era, but it's an era. And now we have a, a brand new era in front of us that we, we have no idea what's going to happen. And that's a good feeling. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm really – I'm looking forward to seeing how some of the back end of the West shakes out. That's that's. I've been really focused on, on some weird things like how is Carl Towns going to react to Minnesota probably being mediocre again? How long does Chris Paul deal with the fact that the Thunder are just a strange team and he's a surly old man? Like there, there's – there's some real fun alternate stories that are going to pop out this year. I'm I'm really interested to see if the Nuggets can do it again. They're kind of my I've I've uh, picked them as as my my favorite you know from the West just because I like their continuity and and I have a 
I have a strange thing with Michael Porter Jr. I I just I really want to watch him play basketball. He he's like he's almost like uh uh like a professional wrestler and how arrogant and confident he is. And that is just I love that stuff. And and this there's just so many things that 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 are gonna pop off this year that are different. And that is that's really refreshing. The sad part for me is I'm based on the East Coast, so in order to see all this stuff, I'm gonna have to stay up. <laughs> but you know, that's that's life. Um all right, I got. I still have a long list of stuff for you, but we only have a, a limited amount of time, which means I'm going to have to bring you back. But here's a here's a good question. I think, what stories are you already sick of? What things are you tired of hearing or seeing in your mentions and seeing in the Twitter feed? What is what are you just over? And in the season hasn't even started. You know what? I'll say this: it's probably a good thing that there's not many things I'm sick of yet. Um, I mean, I'm a Celtics fan, so I'm sick of the, the Boston slander. Even though it was, re- it was very well earned uh, last year, <laughs> last year Celtics Nation was very arrogant. You know, in the summertime before everything fell to fell the crap, last year Celtics Nation was very full of itself. So we this off this year that last season and this off season could not have went almost any worse for Boston, unless like saving uh, getting Kemba was like the saving grace. Uh, I love the I draft think, though. I, there you go. I was gonna say also. The, the draft has been a very pleasant surprise after being very underwhelming for a few years, you know, outside of Jalen Brown and Tatum. There's been a lot of misses. Carson mm-hmm. Edwards, Tremont Waters, and Grant Williams, love them all. That's cool. But so what sort of am I sick of? Um, I got sick of the Jimmy Butler stuff. And yeah. now it's time for him to show and prove. Jimmy Butler is a very, very good player who carries himself like he's a great player. And, uh, you know, for the last few years, he's it's been Minnesota's fault and it's been Philly's fault, I guess, but it's not. It's him. And so now he has to put up or shut up. He is the guy on a team that has decent role players, and let's see what they do, right? And I, I they'll be fine. I don't think they're if they if they do anything more than like you know top half. If they do top half of the East, then that's a good season for them. But whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. So Jimmy Butler got tired of him. Um, that's really it, man. Yeah. I thought I'd be sick of Zion, but Zion's been impressive. He's been every bit he's been every bit as good as advertised so far. And you know, I'm excited to see him play. Um I can't really I, well, I, how about you? I have a hot take I want to get off about Zion because I've been thinking okay. about this this morning. What if Zion is like is one of these players like Shaquille O'Neal, who essentially forces teams to start assembling their rosters differently? Back in the you know, the the nineties, I remember when I became a Mavs fan, when I moved to Dallas, when I was like 19, the Mavericks were paying like six centers because they wanted to have 36 fouls to give Shaq. He was just that much of a force of nature. And I heard something on the low post today. uh, uh, They were talking about how, who is going, like what small ball fours are going to be able to guard Zion? Like no one. I've been thinking about if the Mavericks, they're going to have to sacrifice like Dwight Powell or Maxi Kleba, and it is not going to be pretty. And so I'm going to be really interested to see how impactful he is this year, just because I think if that happens, teams are going to have to actually start thinking about that. Because if if he even if he looks like how he does now, I mean he's he's an all star in the West. Is is that crazy? It's not crazy because fans are going to love him, and you know, the votes are going to be nuts if he if he if he's averaging 20 points per game by January. Look, he's going to be probably an all star. Now mm-hmm. here's the thing, and I think. Um, you make a good point, right? He's just so physically imposing. It does matter that he's six six. I think once teams develop, get enough film on him. So I, let's if we're having the same conversation in December, 
as far as, you know, teams already had a good look, uh, had one look around the league on him, and he's coming around and he's still doing it. Because they're going to game plan for him, right? And what they right. do, they're going to build a wall. It's going to be like the Giannis defense. Build a wall, make him beat four bodies when he, he attacks the rim, uh, lane, make him try to make him shoot, and or make him a passer. He's driving, collapse on him, make, make those guys, other guys hit shots. So you're right. If he can, his numbers might be dominant, but they're not winning. Teams are going to – you're fine with that. Zion's mm-hmm. going to get 40, they're going to lose. At least this year, and until you know something changes. So, but um, yeah, he does look like one of those singular talents that, at every level, people say, "Let's see how he looks at the next level." Because yeah, he's, he's high school man on boy, whatever. College, right? Yeah, he's still college athlete. And now we're seeing him doing it against pros, even in the preseason. If he's still doing what he's doing in January, that's when you start having to still to take notice and wonder, is he is is he going to go to that next level as far as not just a generational athlete? He's a generational player. He's about yeah. to be a dominant game-changing type player. And that will be interesting to see because the league is gone, right? We've seen it. It's all about three-pointers now, right? You're stretching mm-hmm. the floor. If we have an interior dominant guy who's not a post-up player, but he somehow he's, he's – that's, that's something we haven't seen in a while, yeah. right? So, and, be- and that's really exciting because so ma- it's we've seen so many different kinds of athleticism over the years. And then to see a guy like this who feels like – he could play a variety of different professional sports and be impre- and 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 be effective is kind of, is just wild to me. It, it's it's really something else. I would say the only stories I think I'm I'm probably going to be tired of, which we'll see relatively quickly. I think we'll there'll be a, a more talk about tanking, and there'll be talk about how the the imbalance really favors the West. I think that's that's going to grow old in a hurry because there's nothing there's really nothing we can do about it. I I do. I, I do worry how much of the conversation may focus on the LA teams when there's a lot of basketball to be played, but that's just kind of my own personal bugaboo. The Lakers drive, seem to drive so much of the conversation, even when they're bad. At least this year, they're going to be they're going to be good. So that's kind of fun. I'm, I'm kind of like you. I'm I'm not really. Yeah, I don't want. I, I'm not looking forward to Kevin Durant being online all year. That that is. <laughs> the, I, no, I would I'll love to it. talk basketball without, but it's like the the problem with problem with Twitter is that it, it's just it's like the world's worst AOL chat room and everybody can see what you're talking about and it's hard to have a conversation but it, it, a guy like him he actually does have interesting things to say but he just gets so irritated with everybody doing the talking I'll say this I am going to give him some credit I've noticed like his I don't know if you saw his back his back and forth with HP basketball It was great I, but even that he had one with uh uh with the scouting with Brian he had mm-hmm. one with, where he seems like he's really chill now. He's not really getting – he's not getting irate, it feels like. And, it, sure, like, you, you know, the conversation gets bogged down because, you're right, everybody starts jumping in. And, hey, Kevin, what do you think about this? But I, I feel like maybe during this rehab process, he is doing – maybe he's being more mindful of how he reacts because now there's no burner. Sure. And he's – I feel like he's, he's actually holding conversations versus you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You're stupid. He's actually, like, conversing which is mm-hmm. kudos to Kevin Durant for maybe, you know, not being mad online all the time. So that's, that's one thing I noticed. That's right. That's right. That's, that's, that, that should be, that's going to be interesting to pay attention to because it's, I'm very sad. We're not going to get to watch him play basketball in terms of like, like watching a guy play. I, he has been my second favorite player probably since his second or third year in the league, just because he's such an interesting um, uh, combination of skills. But uh, yeah, that's that's one thing. So do before I let you go here, because we got a I don't know probably like six or seven minutes before my recording decides to cut off. Uh, do you have any more uh, Celtics takes you want to get out in the wild? Um, 
I just I'm glad that the well, I'm glad that the cloud is gone. And you know what? Uh, Kyrie Irving actually coming out and making that profession he did that. You know, he had he was doing a family tragedy and he didn't deal with it well and he he, he failed the team. That was like a bit of maybe catharsis, hopefully for Celtics fans. You know, cause we there was a lot of a lot of uh, um, you know hypothesizing and about, we're, we're guessing kind of what happened. He he admitted it, and that that kind of that, that that was a big step I think for licking the wounds of Celtics fans. Um, that was good, and I think Carson Edwards is going to be a rotation player who's actually going to, you know, impact games, which is a, a big deal. Um, and not just Celtics. I, I also want to branch out a little bit. I don't think the Nets might be in for a rude awakening. Uh, I think so, too. DeAndre Jordan's on their team. <laughs> that's what, I know you feel like DeAndre. You know what? It's funny you laugh, but, like, not signing DeAndre Jordan is probably, like, the best thing to happen to the Mavericks because yeah. he has not yeah. been great in the last few years. No. The numbers look good, the rebounding numbers and whatever, but he has not been a very great, impactful player. So, um, just the fact that, sure, Kyrie has learned, and he's going to probably be more mindful as a leader this year. That's good. He's been humble. But the Nets lost a lot. Not saying that he's not worth what you know whatever happened this year. But without without Kevin Durant, it's just him and Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert. I like him a lot, but I a lot of the the guys who contributed to winning for them last year are gone. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see about the Nets. There'll be um the Raptors are going to be a fast thing this year, right? Because their main centerpiece was obviously Kawhi Leonard. He's gone. Can Siakam fill that role? And then who fills the Siakam role? Can Can Kyle Lowry deal with the bump in usage and, and responsibility? And his, well, how will his body hold up? That's the thing with mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry. Last year, like before he stepped back and DeRozan took a lot of the load and Ka- Kawhi came to the load, he was breaking down every year from just the physical, you know, the toll of what they have to do. He's going to have to do more this year if they're going to be competitive and let's see if his body holds up. Um, yep. And lastly, I, I know it's kind of weird to talk about, the Orlando Magic. I like Aaron Gordon. Uh, I like Jonathan Isaac's game. There's a lot of things to like down there. They just signed, uh, what's it, Vucevic to a giant contract. Can they repeat last and, and grow from what they did last year? It'll be interesting to see. Now, there's a lot, of, a lot of little stories and bylines in the league that it's going to be – this is going to be a really interesting NBA season. So, um, as far as Celtics, I think the Celtics are going to be actually really good. They're going to be really I good do this too. year. Um, I'm worried about their defense. Al Horford and Baines were a huge part of that. But if they can fashion cobble a defense around shot blocking Robert Williams and Daniel Tice and those offensive guys can get clicking a little bit, I I think they can be competitive. It'll be fun. I agree with that. Well, James, thank you so much for coming on today. Anytime you want to come talk basketball with me, I, uh, you know, I've been doing this for about three months now, and I really respect people that do this professionally because it's really fun to talk shop, but it's also really hard to like organize and get people together and get on the same page. So the fact that you're willing to do this in the middle of the day has been great for me. And anytime you want to talk, you are welcome back on my ridiculously named Kirk, your enthusiasm. You're the man, Kirk. Thanks for having me on, brother. All right, everybody, you uh, have a great weekend, and I will see you out there. This has been Kirk, Your Enthusiasm. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.